Now that we've edited or cropped or whatever the term is uh, to the beginning of this uh, podcast, this uh, edition uh, during Master's Week and uh, Easter Week, I should identify the the work of art behind me that is uh, bedeviling me with the the lighting um, problem. And this is from Grand Marais, Minnesota. Your neck of the woods, north of you uh, quite a ways, you know, toward the Boundary Waters. But... This is a photo taken uh, at sunrise a couple of years ago by me. Um, I forget the name of the place we stayed at, but it was just an irresistible sunset with the two symbolic squares there evoking uh, my parents. I felt uh, my parents had just passed away. And so we have uh, had it enlarged and framed and placed in a... Um, in an area of uh, great reverence in the dining room. So that's nice. that's what's going on back there. Um, so masters first, H have uh, either of you pay, been able to pay any attention to what's going on in Augusta or do you I care? The only thing I saw was the, the, the par three they have before the tournament. Is that a- Yeah, a that's theme? fun, isn't it? Yeah, and nobody seems to care too much about it, but some guy yeah. hit uh, two holes in one. Is it, yeah. is, it holes, is it holes in one or is it hole in ones? Plural would be holes in one, I would think. It sounds odd, but I suppose- Like attorneys funny. general, you know. Okay. I'd rather watch that than any uh, dunk contest, uh, you know, or side show for any of the all-star games. But okay. that's just me. Um. A former colleague and I were texting during uh, Tiger's round. You realize what he missed out on as far as um, the majors he could have won, that aspect of the career alone, if he'd been able to sustain a freaking relationship. I've been married twice. I have no room to say this. And if he'd learned how to drive. This is the worst driver in the history of Drivers, Ed, have you ever seen artist conceptions or photos or diagrams of what he had to do in Palos Verdes Estates in order to wind up with basically a fake leg now? It's unbelievable to go over a median. It's like a brake didn't exist in the vehicle. Full speed, boom, 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 over both sides of the median, the curb, and then into, you know, like a field or thicket or what have you and overturned not intoxic intoxicated see we had at the time the county had a uh a really corrupt celeb friendly sheriff uh who covered all that up and so we'll uh, never know the true providence of what happened there but even before that during the first marriage remember when she chased him out of the house with the nine iron and yeah. he staggered out to the car and like ran over a um what do you call it <laughs> fire hydrant <laughs> and uh it was just he just the yeah. the the horrible driving bleeds over into the horrible relationship thing and if it weren't for those we wouldn't even be talking about him breaking nicholas's mark he would be striding up and down that fairway 
you know, smiling and, and make a sticking bad it on the pins. I could make a bad racist joke there about one half of his heritage, but I'm not going to do it. I'm above that. Well, actually, he is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, Eldrick's father is African-American and his mother is Asian. Okay, yeah. Just... Okay, so what would the racist joke, who, who was expense would it be at? Certain people, I think, are known as bad drivers, specifically old ladies. Oh, I know what you're talking about, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm the one who came up with the game old Asian are on the phone. See, so <laughs> you I know exactly. What, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, anyway, um, some nice stories going on at the Masters right now. An amazing amateur I've never heard of before, and um, Victor Hovland from that golf hotbed of Norway is uh, leading at uh, seven under, and um, still you have just, to take. You know, you have to take the chalk there, right? Doesn't Scotty Scheffler is like there's you got to put your money on him if you have any. I'll tell you something. Uh, the the two guys I'm impressed with who are playing best, I think, going into this, this uh, Sam Burns and Cameron Young, mm, who yeah. played very well at the at the match play thing recently in Arizona. I think if I'd been in Vegas, I would have put a little on them. You know, it doesn't do any good unless the odds are such that you can make some money on them. Do you and then do that also from time Vegas? To time? Have you placed golf bets in Vegas? Never, never, really? never been there for a major event. But they also pair the golfers against each other, like today, just hypothetically. Mm. Um, maybe some sort of theme uh, pairing. Uh, who will have the better round, Scheffler or Shoffley? You I know, because that. their names sound so familiar or something. Sure. And then they'll give you, uh, you know, spot you a stroke and a half or whatever. I don't know, but that's how they. That's how they manufacture rivalries for betting purposes in Las Vegas when it comes to golf. Yeah. No, thank I mean, you. Hasn't happened yet. But you love to watch golf on TV, eh? And you know why? Why? It's the thank you for this fantastic segue into a, an angry letter that I wrote to the LA Times this past week about uh, the attempt to speed up the national pastime. <laughs> I like golf because, yes, there are rules about slow play and a group will be warned about it. And then if they have to be warned about it again, there's some sort of penalty. I don't know. Otherwise it's still just as leisurely as the day is long snack, skim a magazine, you know, put a woman in your lap, whatever melts your butter, man. And there it is. It's still on the screen and it's, and the coverage has lasted, I don't know, six hours. For the impatient generation, that's just, you know, oh, yeah. blasphemy. I remember the time I tried running across the green and you did not like it. And for correct reasons, of course. Tried to run across a green. Well, you know, oh, me, it's run. Like, you mean to sprint? Yeah, I'm one of those yeah, there's like, no running on the impatient generation. So you were like, mm. oh, Cal, there's a sense of decorum here. Do you recall whether you were walking the course or riding it? I'm pretty sure if you were along, we were riding it. I think you yeah. uh, stressed it pretty much. One right. Just to show, uh, that was the uh, era where, just to show that I could drive a golf cart. Yes. In that condition, we drove. Yes. Remind me to tell you one of these days about how uh, how close I came to, to death with Jeff Dubay at the wheel. Oh, my. Was, was he all, was he loaded? <laughs> oh, no. Sober as a judge. Uh, and, and yet high as a kite somehow. He took a left turn that turned the thing over on my side 
And I would have only probably broken a leg, you know, oh. snapped my right leg right in two. Mm. But um, he was always throwing his clubs up in trees because he was upset about the way he was playing. Wow. And on this particular day, Mississippi Dunes was the name of the course. The gimmick was six fives, six fours, six threes, and um, kind of a links uh, situation. And um, yeah, he was uh, upset and and almost killed me. And it was the last time I ever appeared in a golf cart with him. I wonder, did you and ever say from then on? It was on to bigger and better things, you know, throwing contraband out of the car while the cops are chasing you. Right. I mean, did you ever say to him, Jeff, take a chill pill? And he took you literally. He went out and started taking the pills. I think that was uh, <laughs> taking prescription pills. Yeah, you're right. That's a very good point, Kel. All right. Here is. Uh, uh, but to answer your question. They're not in any hurry. Why should anyone else be? I was watching a tennis match last night, and I'm thinking, what about this sport? Would the impatient generation change? Oh, Would they get rid of the uh, changeover, the odd games? Would mm. the players just have to continue to play, no rest, until they drop dead? How would that work in boxing? Would we get rid of the minute rest after a three-minute round? Just let them continue to box until somebody dropped dead? No more ring girls. That's right. It would put ring girls out of work. You're exactly have to right. Go back to stripping. Who started? Uh, do we know of anyone who went on to fame and fortune after being a ring girl? I don't know, but Tiger, I'm sure, dated them at some point. There has to be some. Here's another good example of the lack of relationship skills. This man, this Stanford, former Stanford student, Tiger Woods. Did you hear about the latest girlfriend? They let her get out of the house and then they locked it on her and didn't let her go back and get her stuff. He just said, get lost. You're out of here. Wow. I know. You know, that's just, he's just being a dick. It's like, he's got such a gentle touch on the golf course, his putting, what have you, but away yeah. from the course, he's rough as can be. Well, also that Rachel uh, woman, um, I can't uh, pronounce her last name or remember it even to pronounce it, but during the big hubbub over the dalliances, whatnot, the infidelity. Um, she testified to his, uh, to his tender touch. <laughs> okay. Wait, uh, here's how it went. I have a dal dalliance question real quick. I'll just bring up, I'm sorry. Uh, the headlines about Rupert Murdoch take, he was all engaged, ready to get married. Maybe he even did. And then it's mm. put now. Were you surprised at all by that? Called off the engagement. Whenever uh, anybody asks me about Rupert Murdoch and marriage, I refer them to uh, old reruns of the Tracy Ullman show. Okay. Where uh, sh she did amazing. Uh, no, you know what? I think she was, I think she was impersonating um, Jerry Hall. When Rupert Murdoch was married to Jerry Hall, the former <laughs> Mick Jagger wife. And uh, I just refer them to, to episodes where the Rupert Murdoch scenes were just hilarious. You had to, oh, and speaking of impersonations, I'm very excited to announce that I have a new celebrity impersonation. Oh. The uh, country singer Donna Fargo after <laughs> gender reassignment surgery. Oh. And I think it would go something like this. I'm the happiest boy in the whole USA. Thank you. Thank you. That's a deep cut. That's, that's a deep cut voice because see Donna Fargo has had 
gender reassignment surgery. Mm, she's now yes. a man, and she's had to change the lyric from girl to boy. Am I going to have to explain these? <laughs> okay, it starts out with the quote, where you people got to be? In the second paragraph, but I asked the same question of drivers who zip by me in black Range Rover and white Tesla cliche mobiles, West LA creatives doing 75 in a 45 zone. Where you got to be? How are you so important that stuff's got to be done fast and lives of others must be risked? Baseball is naturally paced and has been for almost 200 years. Ask yourself what you're doing with these extra 35 minutes MLB is gifting you while strikes are being called on batters whose base runners aren't, aren't getting back to their bases promptly enough. Enough! Leave the game alone. Leave it alone or call it what it is. Something for post-boomer spoiled Americans to do while their devices charge. Digression. Yesterday, because I follow a local team just as you follow your local team, I'm watching said local team, and my pitcher, as both pitcher and batter, is being harassed by the umpire because of the new rules, which he doesn't understand. So now we have to get the interpreter out and actually go through like a tutorial. They're showing him how to stretch. They're showing him how to look, showing how to pitch, how to bat and whatnot. It was embarrassing. I was embarrassed yeah. for MLB that, yeah. that they have to, that ironically enough, they have to stop and offer these tutorials for rules that were meant to shorten the game. Right. And I, it doesn't make sense. And the thing is, most of these guys, you criticize them. Well, why haven't they been practicing this during spring training? That's when they should be doing it. But the thing is, these guys have been doing this their entire life one way. And now they're yeah. asked to totally change that. It takes more than just a couple of weeks down in Florida to make these changes. But if you're a batter, I as manager would tell you, just stay in the box. Just stay in the box and everything will be just fine. Don't step outside the box to do any grabbing or adjusting of anything. Just stay in the box and everyone will be okay. But what's happened now is, I think, in an attempt to endear me to the new rules, two of my least favorite players, Manny Machado and Kim from the White Sox, the guy who thinks he's Jackie Robinson, oh, Tim, Anderson. Tim Anderson. Yeah, they've both been ejected in games because of flare-ups of the new rules. So it's not all bad. <laughs> I can do 19 things, give or take, during a baseball game that okay. I can't accomplish during the constant action of the other major sports. I can skim a magazine, catch up on fan mail, run music softly under the pedestrian commentary, talk on the phone, snack, drink, and so on and so on. And when I hear the crack of the bat, I know to look up. It tells me something's happening. Finally. I also enjoy hoping that each game never ends, but they do. And in plenty of time to live a life, Gen Z. Let's see MLB adjust to this strategy that no one seems fit to employ. Walk Judge. Walk Aaron Judge every time. His teammates aren't good enough to bring him around. But no, the no fun, anti-shift, anti-creativity thought police in Manfred's office would soon tire of this foolproof scheme, I'm sure. You cannot walk judge more than twice a game. We've spoken. These bureaucrats are chronic revisionists dancing to the tune of pampered, convenient junkies. I sincerely could give a rat's patootie if millennials left the stadiums and never came back. Speaking of which, I have left stadiums, either because I was bored or I was offended by the behavior around me. I go to a bar across the street and watch the rest of the game. Yeah. 
in, in a sports bar with other people. You don't have to stay in a stadium. You can watch the game from anywhere, listen to it on the radio. Isn't Los Angeles, aren't Dodger Stadium, wasn't that the like the home of the people leaving after the fifth or the seventh inning because they got to get home because of the beat the mad rush? It sounds like something they would do, but they're also famous for getting there late. Same uh, thing with Lakers fans. So if you get there late and leave early, you hardly see anything. Four they have no six. right to gripe. Hmm. Technically, I don't have a right to gripe either because I reflected on this before the podcast and it occurred to me that in the days of the VHS VCR era, yeah. remember that? Yeah. Where you would set a timer, set the machine on a timer, it would tape something for you, mm-hmm. like a, a horrible uh, soft R uh, porny thing overnight on Cinemax. Yes. But in but in my case, a baseball game. <laughs> by, by the way, my VCR had a conscience. I would come downstairs the next morning crack open that new porny stuff and the and the voice would say we're not taping this we're not taping this i i but didn't know <laughs> the baseball game i would re-rack to the start and then sit down on the couch and fast forward from pitch to pitch were you the guy so, who said don't tell me what the score is i want to find out when i watch it now read that were you well, that guy that's part of it also i was oh, kind of wow. that guy but i was mainly a clicking guy i was oh. fast forwarding but pitches to get the game over with see the highlights and uh not have to watch the whole game live so technically i'm as guilty of hypocrisy as anyone mm. so i just want to throw my throw myself on the mercy of the court if you don't well, mind. i always like to dig you on that <laughs> i'll tape each one of your precious two hour 15 minute long games and replay them after they're over take that snowflakes put that in your apps and click on it well of course i would hear from a member, I, I would get some back sass or lip flap or back clap or whatever it's called in this day and time from a member of the impatient generation who introduced himself as like half boomer, half something else. Like it, you know, mattered a damn to me. It didn't. And I notice that anyone who engages me on this topic won't answer the question, what are you doing with that extra time? It's like they're a shame that they're calling about the extra time, say, but they won't tell us what they're doing with it. Hurt uh, uh, watched a game that lasted 157 oh. recently. What did he do with the extra? I don't know. What did games used to last? 315? Three hours. What did he used to what did he do with the hour and a quarter? Hurt, are you at liberty to tell us what you did with that time? I don't know. Probably took a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so you can video. tell Kurt, you're not helping your case. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell the deep thought, the reflection that Kurt has uh, devoted to the subject. I, I thought okay. the comedian David Cross always said, like, all these people like get where you get up to heaven, you get up to St. Peter and say, what do I do? I, I saved 35 minutes of my whole life. What can I do now? And it's just yeah. like, what can I do? Um, electric scissors. Why do we need electric scissors? Can't yeah. you just cut anyway? I should have mentioned, uh, incidentally, that the uh, live golfers at the Masters, the guys who work for murderers and dismemberers and thieves and enslavers of women in Saudi Arabia, yeah, they're sucking right now. Oh. They are sucking wind, and I, I know it's it's not a Christ-like thing to do on Easter week to wish right. to wish misfortune on someone, but. I hate those sons of bitches, and I, I hope they all have to withdraw 
or missed the cut. That was the big, that was the big talker I was listening like that. They said, what would, what are we going to do if one of the live guys wins the tournament? It's going to be terrible. So I'm glad uh, you're on that side. One of the commercials in the telecast today was for a uh, workout wear uh, a, a manufacturer called Viori, V-I-O-R-I. And their spokesperson or collaborators, they call her, is the young woman I told you about in past recent weeks, Olivia Dunn, a gymnast uh, from LSU, the same a school that the uh, uh, the athlete who won't graduate, um, Angel uh, Reese, goes to oh. the basketball player, the one with the eyelashes. Yeah, she looks like a knockoff of Beyonce, I thought. To me, she looks like someone who would show up on Sanford and Son. As a matter of fact, I would make sure that she did a cameo on any uh, reboot of Sanford and Son. Mm. She could play, uh, what, the daughter uh, or the niece of Aunt Esther. She could bat those fat eyelashes and say, Fred, you'll weasel like heathen. We're going to the Obamas. You want to come with? <laughs> Jill Biden knows what she said. We're going to the Obamas. And Iowa better not be there. Oh. Are you familiar with that controversy? Yeah, watch the whole thing. It was a very good game. Does it get any more black versus white, though, for God's sake, know, in this right? race polarized time? I thought I was watching Texas Western and Kentucky back in the day. Yeah. Crazy. History repeating itself. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I'm afraid we're going to have to talk about prom because this is one of those deals where you just don't dream that you'll ever see anything like this. When I grew up, uh, I, I didn't pay attention much to the 50s because I was a child. But in the 60s, it was stuff you couldn't predict. It was race riots and assassinations and space shots and whatnot. In the 70s, it was Watergate and, and uh, the 80s. Iran-Contra, you know, the Reagan landslide and, and Poppy Bush, read my lips, no new taxes. I, I could go, you know, I could just do this all the way up to now and go, did we ever think we would see stuff like that? 9-11, for instance, the 2008 financial meltdown. Did you ever in all your born days think you would see an American president, past or present, Sitting in a courtroom as a criminal defendant, did you ever think you would see that? Well, no, I I guess not. But I guess I'm so uh, skeptical and jaded that it just, to me, it's like I'm not surprised by anything anymore, as you just relayed. It's getting worse every decade. What about Dino the doorman? That didn't surprise you? That, that the doorman uh, was allegedly um, sitting on information about a love child that was being smuggled in and out of Trump Tower? Well, that didn't, didn't surprise you? Didn't Trump once say that he could go out into the middle of the street and shoot somebody and everything would go on? He'd still but win he, the election. But those were bullets. This is sperm, Cal. <laughs> sperm bullets. Hey, you're right. Anyway, you're right, we're, Bob. We're going, you're to, right. we're going to have to discuss it, but first I need to uh, pay some bills. And uh, our new sponsor from Chippewa Falls is Poop Nazi. The Poop Nazi. Uh, I don't know how many times. Do, you, do either of you have dogs? Yes. You do have a dog? Uh, how many times would you say you have looked that dog in the eye, attempted to cuddle with it, kiss its nose, what have you, and then gone, man, whose poop have you been eating? Uh, 
Because on, on a walk, you know, they'll stop and sniff other dogs' poop and stuff. Poop Nazi prevents that completely. Uh, Poop Nazi has a secret blend of 11 different herbs and spices that makes other dogs' poop just uh, repulsive, a repellent, the smell and the taste. They won't go near it. So pick up a nine-pack at your grocer uh, today, you know, because dogs are allowed in so many places now. They sell it in grocery stores. They sell it on airplanes. They sell it at auto parts stores. Get your Poop Nazi today. Uh, at Poop Nazi, we say to your pup, no poop for you. Oh, a Seinfeld just, reference. That's where you you're see that? Did you yeah. see that coming down Main Street? Oh, I saw no that poop, coming a long no ways away. <laughs> poop Nazi, no poop for you. Okay. Trump. Um, did you follow the coverage that day? Uh, where, where they, it was such saturation coverage. They were covering anything that had anything to do with anybody who was involved right in the courtroom goings on or standing outside the courtroom or marjorie taylor green gets out of a suv and gets back in it because she's un made to feel unwelcome she's a freaking circus yeah i mean his his lawyers are real pieces of work too they're uh loud and boorish and ugh. tell me how insulted would you be if you saw the picture I, I don't know. Are you a truth social guy? Do you go to the Trump uh, platform for any reason? I try to stay away. Maybe to urinate on it or something. Um, Oop, there's the picture of the split screen of, of Trump staging the hitting of Alvin Bragg with the bat, okay? Trump's on the left side of the screen. He's swinging a bat. Alvin Bragg, still frame here, his head exposed to the impact from the bat. Joe Takapina, the Trump lawyer, says he didn't mean that at all. He was just showing uh, what it's like to hold an American-made baseball bat. Now, how many, how insulted would you be to hear a man say that with a straight face and expect you to believe it? It's it's frustrating. Joe Takapina, does it Takapina. doesn't that sound like something that you could dance the Macarena to? You're on your game today. The poop Nazi and now the Macarena. Donna Fargo. Oh, Donna Fargo. I've already forgotten that one. He's got some hot shot, a former prosecutor. And I noticed I did a lot of pages at Fine Law for prosecutors who then became defense attorneys. And that's how they sold themselves. I know how a prosecutor thinks. I could be one step ahead of it. And maybe that's what this is all about. But, you know, Trump doesn't have the greatest ref, uh, reputation for even paying his own attorneys. So don't be surprised if one of these days an attorney is missing. And, uh, you know, it could be Takapina because he already has some sort of conflict of interest having to do with Stormy Daniels. It could be any of them. I mean, you. there's got to be a, a long line of how many lawyers, I mean, from Cohen, all the guys he's hired in the past that probably know yeah. all the secrets. Gosh, what a... I, I get the impression that that's where all the uh, fundraising is going to, is the paying of the attorneys. That's why Lindsey Graham uh, uh, had the tearful appeal. I don't know whether you saw that footage of Lindsey Graham just losing his shit. You mm -hmm. know, the tears, and he was just 
help this man. He, I know he's a billionaire, but he could still use your $5, $10, whatever you can afford. And if you can't afford anything, send him a prayer, you know? I can't understand some of these guys. One minute they're saying that, stuff like that. And one minute they're saying, oh, Trump is wrong. I mean, they flip, they're flip floppers is what they are. I don't know. It's crazy. It's just, they, I don't know. It's just. So it's not going to be heard until December 4th. Takapina says he doesn't think it will go to trial. Yeah, that's Most a long people time. are saying, oh, this is a weak case. But it also looks as if Alvin Bragg is not playing his full hand, that he has an underlying crime in mind, but he did not mention it in the statement of fact. Hmm. That's a, a legal lingo. I, I, I learned that on the TV. You missed um, your calling. Maybe you should have been a lawyer. Oh, uh, I, I definitely felt like I could handle uh, some cases after working 12 years of writing websites for attorneys. I definitely felt I could fake my way into a courtroom and, uh, well, didn't, um, who, who won an Oscar? Or who, who who was with the woman who won an Oscar? Uh, Joe Pesci. What was the name of that uh, movie? Oh, where yeah, he, with Marissa he Tomei. Pretended um, to be a lawyer. Yeah, Marissa Tomei. What was that movie called? I don't know, but it can be done. That's That's my point. Yes. Yes. I'm not saying you ought to be able to impersonate a lawyer, but um, I think I could do it on certain cases. You watched a lot of Perry Mason, too, I understand. Hamilton Berger was the nemesis. Raymond Burr is Perry Mason before he became Ironside. Oh, he, and, and could now, you know, if he had lived, if he didn't have such trouble with cars and relationships like Tiger Woods, he could have portrayed the Texas governor, Greg Abbott. Mm. Gone from his uh, Ironside wheelchair to his Greg Abbott wheelchair. <laughs> Yes, I watched a lot of uh, court shows. Well, in the 80s with I L.A. Not, though, I did not see, uh, what was the Jack Nicholson movie, You Can't Handle the Truth? That oh, was a courtroom uh, That was a yeah. courtroom scene, Gosh, right? My, my memory's not working today. Never saw yeah. it. Remember my nevers from last week? Yeah, One never. Nevers, I told you I was proud to say I never did. I came up with another one since we last spoke. Abbott Elementary. Never saw Abbott Elementary. Not three seconds of it. I've huh? seen some pre I've seen some commercials for it and I'm I haven't laughed once. So I don't know. It's just must be a I don't know. It's tough. Those sitcoms. Is it a are black or blackish thing? Does a person have to be uh, a black and a child to find it funny? <laughs> black child. If you know any I mean, black I'm, children, I, send them their way. But I mean I, know, I think they're, all they're, sitcoms these days, sitcoms with laugh tracks, I just don't think they're that relevant anymore. I don't know. Hmm. For some reason, my mind went to uh, next week and the fact that you don't have to work this podcast around the Twins game because the Twins start at 6.05 your time on both Thursday and Friday against the Yankees. So we'll have no problem doing the podcast on either day. I'm looking that far ahead. That should give you some idea of how little I have to do. <laughs> And why I enjoy sports, I therefore enjoy sports that last six or more hours. See, I just wish the VCR was still in existence. Then we could tape the Twins game and watch it after the podcast. But alas. How about this? How about a Letterman, Letterman-esque top 10 list of shouts uh, from the impatient generation, Easter edition? Okay. Number 10, crucify him. Number nine, give us Barabbas. Number eight, what, you haven't crucified him yet? Number seven, not getting any younger. Number six, we need a crucifixion clock. Number five, <laughs> read my own writing. Uh huh. What was that? No, number five. Uh oh, 
Uh, don't forget, uh, uh, somebody forgot to shove him in the uh, side with the sword. Uh, number four, uh, drop the puck. That person must have been from Minnesota. Oh, a jab. <laughs> Three, let's get the show on the road. <laughs> number two, uh, hurry up. It looks like rain. Remember at the crucifixion, yeah. there was a big cloud overhead. And okay. And then the number one shout from the Impatient Generation Easter edition is, Oh no, my chariot just showed up. But I'm ching. Yes. Good job. Paul Schaefer. <laughs> it's a lift or an Uber. I'm doing a Flintstones thing. You know what I'm saying? With this uh, lame bit. Okay. The Impatient Generation. That's what I call them. <laughs> now, here's my other question. Now, movies seem to be getting longer and longer. You're seeing three-hour movies quite consistently. You don't see the 90-minute of 90-minute shots of the 80s. You mean so, Spielberg is Spielberg is not the only one doing a three-hour movie these days? Uh, no, he I, I, I never know like how to end it. All the Oscar nominees were all in that range. Um, I know, right? Um, maybe not. Maybe I'm exaggerating a bit, but there, there are definitely no 90-minute movies anymore. And is that because well but that that would just be the opposite of the 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 generation that can't wait yeah um, right the impatient generation yes oh that reminds me did you did you have champagne on arraignment day i called it champagnement i got a bottle of uh, like seven dollar champagne and Ooh. we drank a toast to the rule of law here at the house did you do any such thing I did not do a champagne mix. You are a wordsmith, you know that. <laughs> Apropos of the rule of law, I noticed that one of your Trumper judges in Minnesota oh, no. uh, forgot that you live in a blue state and took down the minimum age for permitless open carry, which means you could look out your window onto a any town USA street in Matamidi, Minnesota, and see a 12-year-old swaggering down the street with a holster, a holster tied to his thigh. How does that make you feel? Oh, I'm sure it's going to happen. I'm sure I've seen it. It's Are either of you gun owners? No. Oh. oh yeah. I, I couldn't because I guarantee you, it, you know me. If I owned a gun, even if it's one of those orange burner deals with the non-lethal rounds, somebody would die. I guarantee you. And then I would be in prison. And then what would happen? I couldn't do the things I love most. And so we stay out of jail. That's why we stay out of jail. Well, I was a couple of my neighbors were out talking. We were out we're out in the driveway talking, you know how that is. And they were talking about getting ready for their concealing carry class this spring. Six hour class. <laughs> it's almost like the more children, the more school children who are killed, the more out there they get. Mm -hmm. How do you explain this? I can't. It's almost like they're saying, well, that looks like fun. Uh, I probably ought to. Have one too, uh, one one inside the jacket and a shoulder holster. Then one on the hip, one on the thigh, one in the back here with a little clip, the way they do in the TV shows. I'll just have like nine guns, some some concealed, some not here in Minnesota. Now that the judge has taken down the eighteen year old limit, age limit. This is like in France where they're going ape shit over the over the retirement age. Uh, 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 Macron right. has set it at 64, 62 or 64, something yeah. like that. That's what they're going ape over. 
Yes, and I know we've got it a lot worse here and a lot of other countries are even longer, but you know, they fight for what they want to fight for, I guess. I mentioned uh, next week, uh, you'll notice that Jim Leinfelder has not appeared today. He is in uh, Phoenix, enjoying that uh, weather, seeing relatives uh, returning tomorrow. He will be with us next week for brushes with greatness that you will not believe. I, I would uh, love to, to tell you uh, even one of them, but he would feel like his thunder was stolen. And, uh, will, and I, you will I be taken aback? Will I fall off my seat? No. Well, you, you'll fall off your seat, but you'll go, how is that possible? Oh, how that is that? someone could have that kind of brush with greatness. Right. Uh, who Just off the top of your head, uh, just name one other than me, one celebrity that you have had a brush with, like seen on an airplane or in an airport or at a grocery store or what have you. Charles Barkley, I saw him in Vegas, but I feel like everybody's seen Charles Barkley in Vegas. Did you ever see uh, in your walks and drives around the Twin Cities ever see Garrison Keillor? No, I saw him on stage, but I've never seen him just out and about. Okay, but you still have brushes with greatness. That's my point. Kurt, yes. how about you? Do you have a, a brush with greatness that can tease to next week that can uh, that can whet our appetites until then? No, not really. Okay. <laughs> Kurt, would you? I saw Mary Jo Pell at uh, Inner Garage, but you probably Who? know that name. Mary Jo Pell, she was on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Uh, oh, great show. Yeah. What was the guy uh, at the at the root of that, the founder of that uh, project? Oh. Joel Hodgson? Yeah. Joel Hodgson? Yeah. Well done. So that's like that's like a brush with a brush with greatness. We don't know who Mary Jo Pell is, uh, <laughs> but we know who Joel Hodgson is, and she worked with Joel Hodgson. There you go. So you'll need to you'll need to absent yourself from this discussion next week. I think I will. If you don't mind, I love it. He's the perfect. Okay, um, final, uh, uh, final lame bit and a question. Um, what is the difference? You guys are techies compared to me. What is the difference between a DM, a direct message, and an IM, an instant message? Is there a difference? Kurt, why don't you handle that one? Um, a DM sounds is something what they call them in uh, Twitter. So you're mm -hmm. on a social network and you're sending a direct message to another user of that social network. Instant so message is just, yeah. just something you do between phones. That's like text. Yeah. Texting. Yeah. So the instant message is by phone. The DM is, is by a uh, social media platform. Let's go with that. That sounds close. Which, which would you think is the more popular term? For instance, if uh, if the bit that we want to title the show as used DMs or IMs in the title, which would you think people would recognize? I don't know, but and I relate sense, to. I sense there's a BM joke coming up, but I don't. <laughs> nope, even nope, you're nope, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong, Madamidi liquor breath. There's also a personal message too, which is what they use in Facebook. But it, it, yeah, I. I would say the DMs, the kids are always saying slide into my DMs. So I would say kids these days are saying DMs. Okay. Let's go. Then this bit is going to be called uh, DMs to Jesus. And um, and I'm the host. And I <laughs> introduce the message. And Jesus On Easter reads, weekend? 
I think Jesus is on Jesus. Jesus. Jesus reads the DMs. You know, on the surface, it just occurs to me, this looks like a riff on the, isn't there a Kimmel thing called Mean Tweets or something? It, it reminds yeah, me of that, yeah. where the person reads their own uh, tweets that are mean, directed at them. So DMs to Jesus it is. Jesus, our first DM uh, today, comes from uh, Tyree in Memphis. Uh, six cups and three M EMTs are beating my ass. Help me, Jesus. Next. Uh, Jesus, the next one is from uh, Kathleen in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Kathleen writes, uh, an angry tranny is shooting at me with an assault weapon. Help me, Jesus. Next. These are like prayers almost, but they're in kind of a uh, texting form. I gotcha. See, they're direct instant messages because they're in trouble. Uh, uh, take the one, uh, Jesus, I have one here from Julian uh, from the Angeles uh, National Forest. And what does Julius, uh, Julian rather, uh, say to you? My name is Julian. I am a hiker and an actor. I am lost and I am hungry. Help me, Jesus. They all sound all like right, now, Jewish men. <laughs> this, well, Jesus was king of the Jews. Well, the people are there. Are you familiar right? with? Yeah, I know Jesus is, but Jesus isn't saying this. Are, are you sure you didn't hear king of the juice? <laughs> that that you uh, that it made you want to buy orange juice or something? Uh, maybe that's what it is. Jesus, we need to hear now from uh, Kel in Matamidi. What is Kel telling in his direct <laughs> message? People are sending me potato pancakes in the mail. I hate potato pancakes. I never had one, <laughs> but I know I would hate it. Help me, Jesus. Uh, this one comes from Bob in Pacific, Pacific Palisades, California. <laughs> I feel terrible about resorting to sacrilege to boost my podcast ratings. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> and finally, uh, Kurt in Grant, Minnesota uh, writes, <laughs> I am working with morons. Help me, Jesus. And that's um, DMs to Jesus on a uh, Thursday, April 6th, 2023. Bob, I was always wondering, Jesus was a carpenter, right? He was a carpenter's child. Oh. He was the child of a carpenter. So he, he did. He did dabble in carpentry before doing the educating and the healing as a young man. Well, he probably... Yeah. What did probably he... hit the thumb with a hammer uh, one too many times. What did he yell, though, when he hit that thumb with the hammer did he yell me well i just i i just uh in, in my the artist's conception in my head had him um spewing a profanity i know uh, that i would... took the lord's name in vain right i can also see him go i wonder how this would feel if a nail was <laughs> driven through my hand that hurts uh... remind me not to ask for that right um boy i hate to uh to postpone for another week no. my outrage at uh, the fact that um, uh, the Mark Twain Award went to Adam Sadler. Oh, God. I You're can't right. believe that we're so short of comedians that Adam Sandler is likened to the author of a book taught in colleges for a hundred years mm. called The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. I know. No, Happy Gilmore is Mark Twain-like all of a sudden because he has a professorial beard. Give me a break. I don't, I hear the same thing. I am behind you 100%. I just don't get it. There are, I mean, what's next? Dane Cook? Come on. 
about 10 years ago, I had my feet propped up on a table. Uh, it was in the evening at a Starbucks. I'd finished work on the laptop. I was watching something for pleasure. And I hear some schlub in my peripheral vision headed this way. He's got keys jingling from a pair of khakis. I look up and it's freaking Mark Twain. And he says, hey. And I said, hey. And he walked on and got his hot beverage. This is the Colony Plaza Starbucks in Malibu. Adam Sandler materializes like out of a mist. I recognize him instantly. I can see he recognizes me. We trade haze. He goes in to get his uh, warm beverage. I cannot believe that Mark Twain would be caught in the same situation. He'd be on a freaking riverboat, you know, uh, 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 portrayed by uh, Hal Holbrook, yeah. you know, entertaining uh, hundreds of people with these uh, clever witticisms. He wouldn't be playing a ukulele and singing in some tinny voice or no. fighting Bob Barker to the death. That's Mark Twain. Why can't we do something posthumous? Why can't we give the Mark Twain Award to uh, Soupy Sales, huh? Danny Thomas, or um, the Three Stooges? They could share a Mark Twain Award. Right. Uh, and then I can see their survivors their, their younger relatives up to accept. Uh, who would you suggest uh, that uh, received, living or dead, received the Mark Twain Award rather than uh, Adam Sandler? I was wondering, can you rescind Mark Twain Awards? Because I'm sure uh, Bill Cosby got one at one time. He did, and it was rescinded. It after was. After his troubles, after his legal troubles, that's correct. Okay, very good. Um, yeah. But and even was... when they restored his freedom and busted him out of jail, it stayed rescinded. I mean, I just, give... I couldn't believe CNN has run it twice as I know of I, the award no, ceremony. I, 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 I mean, the guy did the Grown Ups movies. He did something called Jack and Jill. I mean, there's just eight crazy Spanglish. Nights. There's Spanglish. There are so many more terrible movies than Click, the a movie called yeah. Click. Yeah. I don't, I, don't I went get it. to a movie with my youngest who, I don't know, was probably six or eight at the time, perfect for an Adam Sandler movie. And it was my greatest achievement ever in the ability to will myself to sleep, to take a nap that lasted almost the entire length of the movie. And when I woke up, people were laughing because Adam Sandler, a.k.a. Mark Twain, had some sort of rodent on his head. And then I willed myself back to sleep. That's how, you know... How well honed the chops, the sleep chops were during that remember, time of my life. I remember those days you used to brag about how well you did that. You used to rate children's movies on that scale. The ones that you were able to sleep all the way through, to get part of the way through. Ones that just you could not fall asleep. So it was, I was the guy who stood up at the first Twilight movie uh, in the last act of the Twilight movie. Every young man in the audience has blue balls from seeing a... a uh, what's his name? Uh, try not to um, take liberties with the leading lady. Yes. And and I, I stood up and shouted, would somebody fuck her <laughs> or I'm gonna. Did you Help see Twilight? Jesus. Did you see the how frustrated they were that they loved each other, but they couldn't express it physically? Yes, you're right. Didn't you want to stand up and shout that? <laughs> I don't think I mean, I, similar to... Uh, I told you, right, that I know a person at an Action Jackson movie mm. who actually shouted it was a black woman. 
Uh, let's pretend it's Angel Reeves of LSU. She goes, Jackson. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> You're right. I mean, um, there was, I was just here. I heard that uh, snakes, snakes on a plane are playing sometimes on uh, like USA Network or one of the, the, the stations that can't have swearing. So hearing Samuel Jackson say, someone get those snakes off this monkey frying plane or because mm -hmm. it's not a monday through friday plane you know it's crazy it's like how do they do that where how do they come up with these words i saw paul newman in a phone booth in the movie Slapshot. his lips were he was getting some bad news on the on the uh on the payphone and his lips say bullshit and his uh voice says or somebody's voice says oh beans beans who dubbed this movie, Joe Takapina? What an insult to my intelligence. Oh. Ah, <laughs> oh, beans? Next week, Brush with Greatness with Jim Leinfelder. Folks, you're not going to want to miss this. And uh, we'll have a Snakes on the Plane audition from Mr. Neil Young. I'm going to be <laughs> practicing it for the next week. Neil Young will be singing our Snakes on the Plane audition. I, I mean, uh, yeah, audition, right. And Brush With Greatness, which, again, now it just suddenly dawns on me, it reminds me of a bit we did at KSTP. You were probably too young uh, to listen and remember. Knee-high to but, a uh, we did a we did a week-long segment called Legends of Rock. And we claimed to have hunted down, found, and put on the air by phone with me people who had shouted memorable things on LPs. Like the 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 woman on Get Your Yaya's Out who goes, paint it black, paint it black, you devil. That woman. And then the guy on the Chicago Live album went, out of my world. <laughs> we, we, we claim to have found them and we interviewed them. It was Kenny every time. And no one noticed. They just, they swallowed it like CJ thought I was actually talking to Arch Schleister, mm -hmm. you know, about uh, about sports gambling. Pull the wool over their eyes completely. See, that's what that's what uh, um, people like Trump, who make the money, even though they already have money, who make the money from the trailer trash. Mm -hmm. That's what they should be thankful for every day of their lives. Thankful for all the stupid people. Why can't that work for us in the podcast, Bill Biz Kel? Yes, I know. We need more stupid people. Which we do. I can see. Uh, common man Dan Cole for the last 40 years, jumping up in bed every morning, up and down in bed. Thank you, God, for all the stupid people. Well, maybe, we need, they, maybe, maybe we need to send him a quick DM. <laughs> Help me, Jesus. The title of today's show, DMs to Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Okay, that's what it'll be. <laughs> We ask these things in Kurt's name. Amen. Peace be with happy you and Easter. also with you. Happy <laughs> happy Easter. Uh, happy Masters. Happy Champagne Mint. And we'll see you next week.